Rumpelstiltskin always says that magic comes with a price. But for this price, you can get a nice piece of jewelry. Use code ONCEPOD for 10% off your first order at Unusual Magic Jewelry on Etsy. Click the link in the description. Hello, and welcome to the Once Again Podcast. We are your hosts, Ashley and Jason. On today's episode, we will be discussing Once Upon a Time, Season 1, Episode 21, An Apple as Red as Blood. This episode was written by Jane Espenson and David H. Goodman, and directed by Milan Shalev. It premiered May 6, 2012, and had a viewership of 8.96 million. A brief synopsis, Regina works with Jefferson on a plan to get rid of Emma, as flashbacks show Snow attempting to reunite with Charming after he is kidnapped by the evil queen. And for the title card, we see Snow White walking with seven dwarves. So, diving right into the episode, in Storybrooke, Regina and Henry Mills are eating dinner when the doorbell rings. Regina opens the door to discover Emma Swan. When she turns around, Henry has disappeared. Regina then sees that many residents are at her door. Henry is now standing behind them with a coiled up rope, and they drag her outside. She is tied to her apple tree and is surrounded by the people of the town of Storybrooke. They have recovered their memories of who they really are and want Regina to pay. Emma then takes a sword and swings it at Regina while she pleads for them to stop. Regina suddenly wakes up from her nightmare and goes to check on Henry, who has pulled up the covers on his bed over a flashlight to make it look like he is there. So there was a production note about a continuity error in this scene. It said in the opening scene, Regina is wearing black pants. However, when she is tied to the apple tree, her pants are gray. Though in my personal opinion, I think that might have been done purposely to show that it's a dream before they reveal it's a dream. Like, I don't, I don't think that's necessarily a continu- continuity error. Also, in Regina's dream, Dopey wears a Geronimo Jackson t-shirt. This alludes to a fictional band of the same name from the TV series Lost. And in my own personal notes, I have Regina crying, saying, I just wanted to win for once. No, you wanted to punish a little girl, and that's what you wanted to do. Yeah, you're right. Moving right along. Emma and Henry are leaving Storybrooke. However, when Henry realizes that she meant to leave now, he begins to argue with her. He tells her that she has to save everyone, but she tells him she just wants to save him. He grabs the wheel and forces Emma into a ditch and begs her not to go because her family is there and she still needs to break the curse and bring back happy endings. I notice that Henry, or rather Jared S. Gilmore, the actor that plays Henry, that his voice was starting to change in the scene. And then if you go back and listen to him in pilot versus here, you can hear a difference. It's just like, oh, puberty is already hitting him. Yeah. Yeah. His voice does change a lot through this series. In the Enchanted Forest, Prince Charming is brought before King George, who intends to have him beheaded for following the path of true love and ruining the marriage alliance with Midas's daughter. Charming is put into a guillotine and is prepared to die, 
when the evil queen interrupts. She turns the blade of the guillotine into water and offers King George all the riches he could have gotten from Midas if he will give her charming. She promises to make him suffer by using him to destroy Snow White. The king agrees and releases charming to her. And in my notes, I have King George saying, I would have given you everything, the crown, the kingdom. All you had to do was marry King Midas's daughter, but you decided to follow true love. And I put, yes, George is evil and wanting to execute charming is over the top, but he does kind of have a fair point. Like, yeah, like he didn't want to give it. Also, it's about time George and Regina really like team up. Yeah, like agreed. they've been wanting them apart. Like they're both after the same thing. Yeah. Well, they must have neighboring kingdoms, I imagine, because, you know, yeah. she was married. They're very to... involved. So yeah. 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 But yeah, I was like, you know, he's not 100% wrong. Like he did take this shepherd boy in as his, as his son, posed him as his son, and was going to give him everything. All he had to do was marry this one woman and he wouldn't do it. And I also have a note here that the cell Charming is being held in is the same cell we saw Snow, Grumpy, and Rumpelstiltskin all being held in throughout the series, though the bars and other features have been altered to give it the appearance of a different cell. Yeah, well, they only need one set, right? Yeah. In Storybrook, Regina looks outside her window at her apple tree, and she notices the tree is dying. She picks up a piece of fruit and finds it is diseased. She then goes to Mr. Gold's shop, where she tells him that the curse is weakening. She wonders why he doesn't seem to care. He tells her that she might need to give up Henry to keep the curse in full strength, but she disagrees with this idea. Regina wants to get rid of Emma, but Mr. Gold warns her to be careful because killing Emma would break the curse by his design, and he cannot undo that part of the curse without magic. Regina realizes that he actually wants the curse to break, he declines to discuss his reasons. Regina wants to make a new deal. She wants to get rid of Emma without breaking the curse, but Mr. Gold is not interested in that. He suggests that she should leave town because when the curse is broken, the people of Storybrooke will be looking for blood. And I have two lines here, Gold referring to Regina's dying tree, saying perhaps you should fertilize it, like he had so much sass when he said it. Yeah. And, and then Gold uh, also saying, unfortunately for you, a negotiation requires two interested parties. What's interesting here too is he's like, obviously he wants broken, but he also is like, yeah, I'm planning a trip. Mm-hmm. Like while telling her to basically leave that he's going to be leaving. And she's very upset that all of her hard work is about to be destroyed. And he's probably just sitting there like, no, this is all my hard work. Yeah, exactly. You're right. What I do have a good thing is, is, you know, he does say like, oh, you know, when people start waking up, that line in first, like, is he going to think people are slowly going to start to like come to? Possibly. Like if, because, you know, what Regina does basically accelerates Emma's need to just full break very things very quickly. Like if Emma just stayed around, would things slowly break anyway? Like, yeah, I mean, Graham woke up. This is what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Graham woke up. Jefferson is already awake. Does everybody Um, just need to kiss Emma? Yeah. Well, if that, Emma, make a kissing booth. Let's it go. Might, might get a little weird when it comes to her parents, but aside from Should that. Have been that Miner's Day kissing booth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. At school, Regina sticks a white rabbit card to Paige's bike plate, knowing that the girl's father, Jefferson, is watching. Emma arrives home to Mary Margaret's surprise. She angrily confronts Emma for leaving without saying goodbye. 
Emma says that she doesn't want people relying on her. However, she says she tried to take Henry, but Mary Margaret sees this as a contradiction. She tells her not to be the person she once was before she came to Storybrooke. She tells her that a life on the run would be bad and to figure out what's best for Henry. So I have here, Emma and Mary Margaret's fight is like a mother-daughter fight. Mary Margaret is scolding Emma and is correct to do so. And Emma is just full of quote unquote, teenage attitude. Anything you'd like to say about this scene? No, I think, you know, the scene is pretty straightforward for me. Okay. Back in the Enchanted Forest, Snow White is rallying the dwarves, Granny, and Red Riding Hood together to storm the castle. Grumpy says he knows people who can help with air support. Red shows up and informs them that the evil queen is there. Widow Lucas warns that it is a trap and everyone agrees. Regardless, Snow White is still willing to go forward, but offers everyone a chance to turn back. No one does. Red asks about the queen's intentions and Snow explains that she took away Regina's happiness, therefore she wants to do the same to Snow White. Prince Charming is sitting in his cell when Regina arrives. She flirts with him, but he is only angry with her. Prince Charming tells her to take his life and leave Snow alone. The evil queen explains that she does not plan to kill Snow White. Instead, she has in mind a different punishment. She walks away, smiling wickedly, while flaunting a red apple. And I have here a couple notes, Grumpy saying air. I know someone who can help that owes me a favor, presumably the fairies. And when Red arrives, Grumpy says to her, Red, you've got someone on your chin. And she wipes away the blood. (laughs) Yeah. And I was just like, so everyone is cool with Red eating people? More importantly, Red's cool with eating people all the time, apparently. Maybe she just bit them and or, and killed them but pres- I, I i took it as that she ate a person <laughs> in storybrook regina is at her window watching her tree again when jefferson appears having received the card left earlier on his daughter's bike she wants his help and she knows that he will not kill her because he knows that then he will not see page slash grace again she asks him to use his magic hat, but he says it will not work without magic. Regina informs him that she still has a little bit left and that it should be enough for one last journey. She wants him to go back to the Enchanted Forest and get her a solution to fix the problem with Emma. Regina says that they have the same problem and that they both want their families. She offers to awaken Grace to her true self, but Jefferson does not want that. He sees the remembering of two lives as a curse. All he wants is a fresh start with no memory of the past, with his story and graces rewritten so that they are together. Regina agrees, but only after Emma is dealt with. So I get that he agrees because he's like, yeah, Regina's going to do this, but she just said she doesn't have magic to you. Yeah, like, I have, I have that so, like, Of course there. she can't change anything for you. This makes the complete, like, the fact that he thinks, like, oh, she, she's going to rewrite the curse for me right now. How is she going to do that? Yeah, How exactly. is she going to do that? I, I have here the one line of Jefferson saying, why should I trust you now? And Regina saying, you shouldn't, but it's the only offer you've got. 
And later I had in there about like, she's using the last bit of magic to make his hat work. So how could she possibly do anything with the curse? I, d- I don't understand Jefferson's motivation, but I guess it's just that he has no other choice. Like doing something, even if it won't work is better than doing nothing. In the Enchanted Forest, Snow White is getting ready to launch an attack on King George's castle. As a wolf, Red howls out the signal, and they move out. Above them, the fairies fly in for the attack, and on the ground, Snow White and the dwarves scale the wall. The guards see Snow White, but she quickly deals with them. The others join her, and they lead an attack into the main courtyard. They manage to take out all of the guards, but more show up and surround them. The fairies dive in and bomb them with fairy dust, rendering them unconscious. So I have a couple notes here. Michael Colvin, who plays Happy, shot a real flaming arrow during the castle ambush scene. And to me, this scene felt more like it was something out of Lord of the Rings or Game of Thrones than it was Once Upon a Time. Oh yeah, it was ridiculous. Like this was not a Once Upon a Time scene. This was like full on war scene. I have so many questions about what all the, you can have your notes first. I have so many questions about what all the characters are doing right now. The dozens, if not hundreds of fairies would make a very intimidating force if they were more than six inches tall, in my opinion. And King George's knight's, or King George's Castle now has dozens of knights fixing an earlier issue I had with the show. And do you think any of the knights in this attack later served under Charming? And I have in my notes Regina, but I meant Charming and Snow. Uh, I mean, maybe some of them, but mm. also knock out half of them. So like, okay, I have a few notes. One, in the book, King George actually shows up in this scene oh. to like grab Snow but Jiminy freaking Cricket comes and stabs him in the calf with a wow. tiny sword and takes him out, basically. I love that. I wish that was in the episode. <laughs> I read it and was like, oh my God, that's such a good visual. Yeah, maybe it was too much oh to, to do, like special effects, but I love that. That, that would have been amazing to <laughs> oh see. Yeah. Uh, but my two things. So the dwarves are here. Who's... Who, Who's off doing work in their mind? Like, what are they doing not working the minds that they're like off promoting war for yeah. weeks on end? True. Like, especially because like when we get the dreamy episodes, very dwarfs or dwarfs, we mind, we mind, we do not do anything else. We do have, yeah. we have no friends, we do nothing. We, yeah. we mind. <laughs> yeah, you're right. And then the other thing, I get that the fairies show up because Grumpy's like, I, I have a favor I have to call in, like with the fairies, like. But is it really a favor? Like, there's no favor there necessarily. Like, what's he like? Yo, Blue, you kind of ruined my life. I'm yeah. gonna need you to come do this thing for me. Like, Blue would. Why would she say yes to that? Well, also, why did they say yes anyway? They're now part of a ward. They're supposed to be fairies, like happy, good fairies that make happiness and give people their dreams. And they're like, we're gonna go use the dust that we only have a certain amount of dust a year, by the way, and we're gonna go take out the army by putting them to sleep because we owe grumpy a favor because we ruined his true love okay tell me how that story makes sense all right are you okay <laughs> yes <I'm> okay <laughs> is, is your soapbox okay <laughs> yes yeah, okay it is. all right be careful when you climb down from it but i would say that they do he turned down being happy uh uh being in love uh with uh i can't remember her name right Ashford. now 
Astrid, thank you. Yeah, I would say Blue definitely owes him a favor. I feel like she would owe him one for doing that. Like he could have been with Astrid and gone off and been happy or been in love. He, he was never going to be happy. <laughs> he was always just going to be dreamy. But I know I feel like she definitely owes him a favor for that. But you're 100% right uh, about the fairy dusts. Like it's like, oh, they only have a certain amount and here they are just bombarding. Yeah. They spent so much time at episode being like, we only have a certain amount of fairy dust. Yeah. This is all we have. This little bag, like this big giant baggie that we have. Yeah. And you can't even make the argument that Blue, I'm guessing Blue has foresight, like the gift of foresight. You can't even make the argument that Blue um, knew that they needed to go because she would know that, well, spoilers for a few moments from now, but she would know that Charming wasn't actually at this castle. Like if she could foresee the future, like it's not like she'd be like, oh, we have to attack here right now, like help them to get Charming so that Snow and Charming can be together because she would foresee that Charming wasn't here. So. Yeah, I don't, like I have no understanding of why she would agree to this, why they'd waste fairy dust to do this. Like mm. again, they're fairies. I imagine most of what they should be doing is trying to make people happy. Mm. This seems like an incredible waste of dust. I know it will make people happy, but There's, at like what cost with the dust? Like the, the only answer I have, uh, I'm going to paraphrase a quote from the new uh, Suicide Squad movie, The Suicide Squad. In it, Idris Elba and John Cena are having a back and forth. And Idris Elba says to John Cena something along the lines of, no one cares about uh, people showing off. And John Cena says, yeah, they do if what they're showing off is cool as sh- and, and Idris Albert turns to the side, like away from John Cena. And he's like, he says, he's right. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I, I think because this scene is very cool looking, uh, no one, no one yeah. should care about it. <laughs> but you're, no, you're, I know. you're 100% right about like. I'm sorry, everything. I went a little bit nope. off the rails with that. But like. That's okay. Things, it seems like this, that just make me like, okay, but we've had a lot of established things going on. And I yeah. don't, this is. We're contradicting it right now. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. So back in Storybrooke, Henry rushes to see August Booth and tell him about Emma's desire to leave. August tells him that he tried to make Emma believe in magic, but he failed and is paying the price. He shows him his now wooden arm, which he calls the unvarnished truth. And Henry realizes that August is Pinocchio. He says he is changing back because he has not been a good boy. August explains that it is hard for him to continue moving and soon it'll be hard to breathe. And he just wants to spend his last bit of time with Marco, his father. He tells Henry that it is up to him to continue Operation Cobra. And I said previously, my guess is if that if August had actually died and an autopsy is done, his body would have quote unquote calcified or had rigor mortis. Like that's how they would have explained it. You know what gets me about the scene is Henry just being like, oh, I was right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is the first time we've gotten like he's gotten real confirmation that he is, in fact, correct. Yeah. And yeah. not crazy. No, he's a believer and he can see August's wooden arm and everything. So he knows yeah. beyond a shadow of a doubt that he is 100% correct. Meanwhile, Emma and Archie Hopper discuss Henry at the diner, but he tells her that her custody case is not strong. She can't prove any of her allegations against Regina, and he is concerned about how Henry is being affected 
by the dispute between Emma and Regina. He says that a court would see it that way. Since Emma arrived in town, Henry has stolen things, skipped school, and repeatedly put himself in danger. Emma perceives that Archie is implying that Henry is better off with Regina, and he says that Regina would never hurt him. Archie says that the war needs to come to an end for them to be together. And my only note here is Archie's line of saying, your arrival has awoken a sleeping dragon. Foreshadowing? I did have that note too. But mm-hmm. after the scene in the book, she almost gets run over by David, who's driving in his truck. And Snow is also nearby at this moment. And they both come up to her and try to take her to the hospital. She doesn't want to go. And she's pretty much in a daze at this point for knowing mm-hmm. what she must do, which is essentially the Henry and storybook. But mm-hmm. we're not quite there. But Hmm. Yeah, that that's not a deleted scene or anything, as far as I know. Yeah, it just seems like a weird one-off scene. Like I don't, I don't think it adds or takes hmm. away from anything. It's her kind of having a moment with her parents, really. Yeah, true. Back in the enchanted forest, Snow White races to the cell to save Prince Charming, but he is only an illusion in a mirror, and he explains that the queen has taken him to her palace. Snow doubts that they will ever be together, but Charming still has faith. Then Regina appears in the mirror. She wants to talk with Snow White, just the two of them, and tells her to meet her, quote unquote, where it all began. And I I wrote that the mirror trick was actually very clever, in my opinion. And Snow White's line of saying, is this always going to be our life taking turns rescuing one, one another or rescuing each other? And I said, yes, Snow, it is. It really <laughs> is. It doesn't end at all. No. Also, I do like that. Regina uses the word parlay here, which is yeah. very much from like, you know, things like Pirates of the Caribbean. It's a very piratey term. Yeah. <laughs> so that's an interesting, are we uh, alluding to things to come for Possib- next season? Maybe? Possibly. Possibly. Later, Snow White sets down her weapons, despite her comrades' pleas against seeing Regina alone and unarmed. She thanks them, but knows it is best for her to end this herself without endangering others. And my note here is uh, Grumpy saying, keep the little knife between your tuffets as she pulls a knife out, as she pulled a knife out of her shirt. And I was like, "Um, are they saying what I think they're saying? So I I looked up the definition of tuffet and a tuffet is a low seat, such as a stool to rest your feet on. And I was like, what a weird use of that word. It's a really weird. Also, I like how many weapons she's pulling out. Oh, she's yeah. like pulling out like comedic amounts of weapons out of her outfit. Like, yeah, she's okay, so. she's John Snow White right now. She's not Snow White. <laughs> but in Storybrooke, Regina brings Jefferson down into her vault, saying the only remaining magic is contained in the things that she brought with them from the Enchanted Forest. She empties a box of trinkets into a hat and they disappear, but nothing happens. Finally, she pulls out the ring that Daniel gave her and with reluctance drops it into the hat. Fortunately, it starts to work, but it does not open a full-size portal. Jefferson says that although they cannot travel to the enchanted forest, he is able to touch the other side and bring one small object to the real world for her. She knows exactly what she wants and guides the magic hat to the right time and place. The hat works, and she tells him what she wants is an apple. And I have a few notes here. 
when Regina uses Jefferson's hat to retrieve the apple, she is able to travel back to a specific moment in time. However, in later seasons, it is revealed that nobody has successfully created a portal that can travel through time. And I also wrote, first, Regina sacrificed her father for the curse to work. Now she is sacrificing the only thing she has left of Daniel to get revenge on Emma. And, you know, I brought this up in Hattrick that, you know, supposedly you would think that the hat needs to take you to the place in between worlds and then you can go into another world. So I don't know how he's grabbing things like can he reach through the distance the other world and then into the next world like that's what I have to assume is going on because he's I don't see how he can just use the hat and grab right into their world yeah well it, it created a, a portal that the apple fell through more so yeah and like but it, it's still it's just strange that like how we mentioned it's contradicting established things later on they say that no one has able has been able to invent a portal to travel through time and yet, here, here's one right here in season one. In the stables of the Enchanted Forest, the Evil Queen and Snow White meet and walk up the hill. Regina points out the grave, which Snow White has never seen before, revealing that it is the grave of her love, Daniel. Snow White had believed he ran away and apologizes when she learns that he was killed because she had not kept their secret. Snow reminds her that she lost her father in this war between them and asks, isn't that punishment enough? but the queen says no and rejects her apology. Regina offers her an apple, which will make her body her own tomb. Snow White has to take the apple willingly or else it'll not work. If she refuses, the queen says she will kill Prince Charming. Tearfully, Snow White agrees and takes a bite of the apple. As the poison takes effect, Prince Charming feels her pain and realizes something has happened to her. As the apple rolls away, it falls through a portal and is caught by Jefferson in Storybrooke. I do love the visual of it rolling through and it being caught in Storybrooke. Like, yeah. I think I, I love it when the transitions are that like clean in this show. Mm -hmm. Agreed. So I have a note here that says when Snow White asks Regina if her deal is that she lets Charming live in exchange for eat, eating the apple, the queen retorts with all my heart. In the stable boy, when Snow asked Regina if she loves Daniel, the latter answered with the same thing. She said, with all my heart. And Snow White falls to the ground in the same fashion as in Disney's 1937 film, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, after taking a bite of the poison apple. And my final note is, so Jefferson and Regina used the last bit of magic in Storybrooke just to open the portal. Doesn't Jefferson realize that Regina is using him? There's no way she can he that she can change his and Grace's stories. I don't know. Maybe she's he's like, well, Regina always lies to me. So yeah. obviously that's going on. And like I said before, it's better to try something and fail at it than to do nothing, I guess, in his yeah. mind. In Storybrooke, Regina holds the apple and ponders how to get Emma to eat it. She decides to bake it into a turnover. Later, Emma arrives and Regina agrees that they need to talk. Emma says that the war between them must end. She agrees that Henry is Regina's son and offers a deal that she will leave Storybrooke so long as she gets to come back and visit Henry. Regina seems to consent to Emma being in Henry's life and says that they must begin to be cordial with each other and gives Emma the apple turnover for the road. And I have here a note that says Emma to Regina, in any deal, both parties are a little unhappy 
And I wrote, not the deals Mr. Gold makes, only one party ends up unhappy. Accurate. Yeah. And I also wrote, is it poetic that Regina is using the same apple she poisoned Snow White with to poison Emma, Snow's daughter? Would you consider that poetic? Oh, probably. Yeah. If, if it, you know, if it works. Yeah, exactly. I do have something. Emma is wearing the red leather jacket here, which yes. I haven't mentioned in a while because I'm pretty sure she just hasn't been wearing it most episodes, that it's either been the blue or the brown in particular. Yeah, you're right. And then, okay, so Regina makes this turnover. And Emma's obviously eyeing it like, ooh, a turnover. That looks yummy. But Regina makes this and then just gives her the whole turnover. And Emma now at one point isn't like, I wonder why Regina gave me the whole thing. That's yeah. odd. Like yeah. she made one turnover. And, what about her and Henry? Yeah. Why not give me half the turnover? Exactly. Surely yeah. she didn't make it for me. Yeah. Yeah, no. The plot needed her to take it, so it did. <laughs> the plot needed her to take it, so it's fine. But yeah. yeah. In the Enchanted Forest, Snow White's friends search for her at the stables and find her unconscious. Red notices that she has no breath, therefore she is gone. The Evil Queen sits in her throne room and delightfully watches Prince Charming calling out to Snow in grief. And I have a note here of Regina's line saying, it would appear sacrifice is overrated. And I wrote so sassy in her celebration. She really is. In Storybrooke, Regina visits Mr. Gold and says that she has found the solution. He realizes that she is talking about the sleeping curse and reminds her that all magic comes with a price. Regina believes that she has won and that the curse will never be broken. And I wrote Regina to Gold in response to all magic comes with a price. She says, then you can pay it. Don't you understand? I won. So whatever you had planned, whatever reason you wanted the curse to be broken, too bad because it's never going to happen. And I, I wrote, bad idea to taunt this man. Even without magic, he is always very dangerous. Yeah, I don't know what she was thinking with that. Like, no, Regina, no. Yeah. No. Regina, so, honey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Henry goes to visit Emma and notices she is packing and asks if everything is okay. She says that she is leaving, but she will come to see him. Henry is dismayed that she is going to trust Regina, but Emma says that every time she fights Regina over Henry, someone else gets hurt. He asks if she truly does not believe in the curse, but she avoids the question. He insists that she is the only one who can stop Regina and and save Storybrooke. However, Emma pleads with with Henry to stop believing in curses and fairy tales. She is resolved to leave and says that Regina will take care of him. She and Henry tearfully hug. He then notices the apple turnover on the counter. After learning that it was given to her by Regina, Henry says the turnover is poisonous. Emma still does not believe it, as why poison her when she agreed to leave? Henry says that Emma will always be a threat and he will prove it. He grabs the turnover and takes a small bite. When it does not appear to work at first, Emma asks him if he wants ice cream with it, but then he collapses while Emma desperately calls out to him. I wrote here, if Emma had left, would time have stopped again? Like, would the town go back to the same day, presumably the day that Emma left over and over again until she came back to visit Henry again? 
I mean, I don't know. Now that she started things and she's still alive, this thing, like, I feel like once it's been started, there's no reversing what has now happened. Mm-hmm. Though, then wouldn't everybody eventually be like, hey, none of us can leave. Henry's right. Yeah, possibly. And my final note for this episode is Henry to Emma saying, you may not believe in the curse or me, but I believe in you. Yeah. But and I believe in you. It's just, you know, a very emotional ending to the episode, in my opinion. It is one of those where, like, I think even when I was first watching it, is you kind of have to go, okay, Henry's about to Disney die because uh, Disney fall asleep, whatever Henry's Disney doing right now. Exactly. Uh, Henry is going to wake up one way or another. Like, we have one more episode of this season. Like, I, it's just so obvious. That concludes this week's episode of the Once Again Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Any questions, comments, or critiques can be addressed to us at either our email at onceagainpod at gmail.com or on Twitter at onceagainpod. If you are feeling generous and would like to contribute to the podcast, we have several tiers available on patreon.com slash onceagainpod. Also, a like and a share would be greatly appreciated. Thank you and have a wonderful day.